Hello, hello. Welcome to Future First Softball Second. I'm Quincy, your podcast host and owner of Diamond Dynamics Softball. I am a former D1, D2, and D3 college coach, education and athletic administration major, and D2 pitcher. Our goal at Diamond Dynamics is to support families and athletes with college planning as they work to truly find their best fit athletically, academically, financially, and emotionally at the next level. We've worked with hundreds of families across the country through our individual group and team programming, and I'm so happy you're a part of our community too. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with us and learn from us, and I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions after listening to this episode. I am so excited to be joined by JC Goodwin, who is a junior at Georgia State, and JC and I actually connected on Facebook because she just put out this post and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my kind of human. Like we have to have her on the podcast. So JC, thank you so much for jumping on with us. And if you could tell us a little bit about you, that would be awesome. Hello, everyone. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here. I am JC Goodwin. I am a junior utility on the field at Georgia State University in downtown Atlanta, and I am from Paris, Kentucky, which is a very small town. I am also a public policy and urban studies major um, in my junior year, so I'm getting close to the end. Very excited. Awesome. I love that. So I want to dive right into it. I'm actually going to quote you because as soon as I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to have her on the podcast. So in this Facebook post, she literally says, as an athlete in college, you will have to make many sacrifices, but do not let your education be one. Your personal and professional development will transform your life. So let's start there. Like, just tell me where that came from. This is something you're so passionate about. So I am the student athlete advisory committee president at Georgia State as well for the Sunbelt Conference. So 14 schools across uh, 10 states. So a lot, a lot of people. Um, and I will say one thing that gets brought up a lot um, when we're talking about issues and things we want to address is that many schools, um, especially the higher I feel like the level you get at, the less there is a focus on education. Um, and I've been blessed enough to go to a school that has always prioritized that. They're always putting opportunities in front of us. They're always really focusing on the holistic athlete. Um, and that's something the Sunbelt Conference has really tried to focus on this year is um, you are an athlete, but you're also a person. You're also a student. You're you're someone in many relationships. You know, you're a leader. Um, you're going to be a professional one day. So how do we develop all those aspects of a person rather than um, just one? So that's what's something that I've really been thinking about and I've been paying attention to. Um, I played travel ball my whole life. I've been in the sport since I was three years old. Um, and so I know a lot of people and I've hear, heard a lot about different experiences um, at different schools. My sister plays softball at the University of Georgia. So I get a lot of different perspectives and it's and it's really eye opening to me to see so many people will get to their senior year and they'll have no idea what they're doing. They'll be in a major that they can't even tell you what it is. They don't know how to even explain what it is to you. Um, they don't have a resume. They don't have all these things. And um, I feel disheartened by that because I've always prioritized my education and I've saw going to college for softball. Um, I love softball. I love the game, but I saw it as a unit to get me to where I wanted to be uh, almost like a stepping stone for my, per my professional development down the road. So I feel, I feel for people that don't take advantage of that opportunity. And I think that's a lot of lack of education on the importance of it from the administrative level. So I think that me as a leader within my school, my community, my sport, the Sunbelt Conference, I really want to 
educate people that don't have that leadership in their lives or haven't had that experience yet that this is an opportunity that can change your life forever. Um, I've always been a firm believer that education can open the door for you to whatever you want it to be. So um, just letting people know that to take advantage of the time, be where their feet are, um, explore different things and figure out who you are is a really big, important message to me. Absolutely. And I think you are a great example of being a D1 athlete while also being a well-rounded human. Because so many times the message that high school athletes and the travel ball community is getting is you sacrifice everything. You are only a softball player. It's a job and all of that. And can you just talk a little bit about all of the other things you do outside of athletics right now? So as I previously mentioned, I'm the president of SAG for Georgia State and the Sunbelt Conference. Um, that means I'm pretty much a student athlete voice. I represent a lot of people. Um, if there's any kind of issues that we want to discuss, um, I'm typically the one voicing those concerns. I'm also heavily involved with the community service side of things. Uh, I personally have done over 350 hours of community service since I've been in college, which is feels like an astronomical number. It's really the best part of my life and led several initiatives since being at Georgia State. We've done 2000 hours of community service this year. Um, the student athletes. So I'm very proud of that. Um, I've started three organizations since I've been at Georgia State. DSU Stepping Stones is a mentorship program we do with local homeless children. I also started the Athlete Connection, which is a mental health program uh, led by student athletes for small groups to talk about mental health and just the athlete lifestyle. And then Black Student Athlete Association, the chapter at Georgia State, I also brought that here. So many things I'm involved in. I've also steadily been on the president's list since I have gotten to Georgia State, which has been a long road, but um, it's definitely been totally worth worth it. I would also say I'm an avid people person. People joke all the time saying I miss Georgia State because I know everybody. I know every bus driver, every student athlete, every professor. Um, and it's a very large university, but that's something I've really tapped into since being in college that I've really like enjoyed those relationships. So any opportunity I get, I try to take advantage of that. I also have three jobs currently. I um, am a research assistant on a federal research project for incarcerated youth studying their literacy rates. I'm also an outreach coordinator for David George World Ministries. And I also do catching lessons and mentorship on the side too. So you just don't sleep. That's what no. I got out of all that. <laughs> a little bit, but not as much as I should. <laughs> yep. And you are such a great example of truly making the most of your four years of college. And yep. the doors that the organizations you're part of are going to open and the alumni. And so many times we look at like, okay, I'm going to play softball. I'm going to go to class. And that's my experience. Whereas sometimes I think we forget like you're paying not only for your classes, but for all of these other things on campus that you guys can really take advantage of that you don't get once you graduate. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of resources as far as resume building goes. I know at our school, I'm sure at other schools as well, there's writing centers, like there's so many resources. And I feel like as college athletes, we're so secluded. We only hang out with each other. We're oftentimes we're in these online courses. So we're just not even speaking to our professors um, in a personal manner. So we're missing so many opportunities. And that's really where I've tried to bridge the gap as well, because I know on our campus, they're, they're providing internship, job fairs, all kinds of stuff all the time. And I just think that, you know, the university does a great job of presenting these things, but you're missing an entire relation of athletes that represent the school daily, but they're missing these opportunities because they're just unaware. 
Absolutely. So as a freshman, how did you get involved in all of this? Were you just the kid that stepped on campus and was like, what can I do? Or did teammates pull you into it? So my freshman year was a life-changing year for me. When I was in high school, um, I was always very different from a very small conservative town. And I was always that kid that people were like, mm, she's a little weird. <laughs> so um, I was always so excited to get to Atlanta because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to Atlanta. I'm going to find my people. I'm going to feel at home, which I was totally right. Um, I got here and I really like stepped out of my shell my whole life. I thought I was an introvert and I couldn't talk to people when I was awkward and shy. Since I've been in college, I've become the most outwardly people person. And I think it's because I truly love my environment. I'm internally grateful that my coaches gave me an opportunity to be on SAC my freshman year. I was previously involved in some community service stuff and they were new to the program. They didn't know anybody, um, but they were aware of my community service efforts through social media. And I think that they thought that that would be a perfect fit for me and I could rise through the program at such a young age. So I got, I got involved with SAC and that just opened all the other doors for me. Um, being a part of that, I started just as someone that would go. And then I was like, man, I really like this. I love the people I'm around. I want to represent them. I love the community. I love these people. And I think that as student athletes, we don't realize how big our platform is at whatever level you play at. I think that this is like four years of changing others' lives if you want to. So that really opened my eyes to that. And SAC is a great program. Um, I will invite anyone. I know that there is a SAC, there should be at every college athletics program. So if you're not aware of it, I would definitely look into it. It's a great program. Um, so I slowly rose my way up. I got involved in the community service chair. I became vice president. I became president. And being in that program put me in rooms that allowed me to get in these positions that I, I didn't apply to these jobs. I just got in front of the right people, uh, told my story and was my true self. And it got me put in places that I never thought that I would be. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Absolutely. And I will put in a plug for the student athlete advisory committee as well. I was on SAC. Um, I, as a college coach, I advised almost every sack that I was a part of. And I think it's such a great way, like you said, because so many times athletes are isolated on campuses and it's an organization that not only embraces the fact that you're an athlete, but you're also working around an athlete's schedule and that kind of stuff where some of the other clubs on campus, you're missing a lot when you're in season. Yeah, and I, I love the students here at Georgia State, but there is definitely, there's not a very well understanding of how extensive our schedules can be. Um, I think that they think practice, but if you really think about it, weight training, practice, pre-practice, post-practice, training room, um, it, it's a lot. So that's what I really like about SAC too. You're getting all the um, benefits and resources of the on-campus organizations, but you're also getting to, you know, be around people that understand you and grow your relationships with other sports too. I think that's especially been important to me as a female athlete is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of separation there. There's a lot of a lot of comparison goes on in women's sports to each other. Um, and it kind of creates this like underlying animosity, I think. And being a part of SAC has really allowed me to grow friendships with people from all over the world in our athletic department. Some people that I probably never would have talked to if it wasn't for SAC. And I'm very grateful for that as well. Um, 
as far as I know, other schools, the people I know at other schools, they're like, yeah, we hang out with some people, but we don't really know many athletes. And that is a big piece of advice I could give would be to get to know the other athletes because they are truly some of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my entire life. Amazing. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about how you manage all of that responsibility and all of the things you do. So like I was having a conversation with one of our high school athletes and she reminds me so much of you actually of like, I joke with her that she's going to be president someday. And we literally wrote out like her list of obligations and clubs and all of that and tried to manage like what comes first because there are conflicts and all of that. So how do you figure that out in your life? I would say the first thing I read this quote the other day and it really resonated with me, but it said, if something's for you, it will feel like a calling. And if something's not for you, it will feel like you're settling. People are always asking me, how do you do all these things that you do? And I feel so driven to do these things. I can't even really put into words that my heart loves it. And I always have something left in the tank to finish what I, for these things, because I truly, truly love what I get to do. And I also recognize my parents fought their whole lives for me to get to be here. So many things had to do right for me to get to be here. And I would never take that for granted. And I think that realizing some gratitude, when I learned what that truly meant, it really allowed me to dial into a different part of myself that I didn't even know I had and to take something to a next level I didn't even know that I had but outside of that I would say that I also was in a leadership meeting the other day and a woman said you have to have champions in your life and I really really do I have older people I have people my age I have people at home I have people in Atlanta that are truly that truly believe in me and the work that I do and and I know that I'm representing, I'm supporting, I'm doing this work for those people. And every time when it gets hard, I'm like, I know that there's people that think I can do anything in this world. And I, I would never take that for granted. And it always keeps me going. So I definitely think that it's so important to figure out who in your life wants to see you succeed the most. And when you fail, they're going to say, get up and keep going. Um, and realizing how important those people are, that those people have supported me through times when I couldn't get up. And they've also been the first person to stand up and clap for me when I succeeded, even if we were going against each other. So I definitely think that you need champions in your life for sure too. Absolutely. It's funny. Um, we had Mia Davidson on the podcast a little bit ago. And one of the things she said when combating some of that like you know the social media crazy and people having comments on her life and she goes if you don't have my cell phone number and are able to text me then your opinion doesn't matter and I was like oh my gosh like that's brilliant yeah totally you know and keeping that inner circle that genuine group of people that want to see you succeed and rather than they're like wow like can you really handle all of that like that's a lot on your plate they're like heck yeah let's go of course you can <laughs> yep absolutely so let's go from freshman year to kind of now. So obviously you've grown a ton as a person. And the other thing I want to touch on is, so as a freshman, you were getting kind of spot starts and really weren't seeing a ton of playing time and then had this breakout year as a sophomore. So in a world right now where we see all of these freshmen hitting the transfer portal and they're not playing and then just choosing to go somewhere else. So how did you work through some of that on the field and really making that decision to come back and continue to play? So my freshman year, I came into a roster of a little bit over 30. So that's a huge roster. Um, there was a coaching change. It was a big freshman class. So there was, there was a lot going on. Um, There's a lot of people on the team. 
four catchers, eight pitchers. It was a lot going on. Vast majority of them were juniors that had started all three years. So it was quickly, I quickly realized I was not where I, a lot of my teammates were experience wise, because I played pretty good travel ball my whole life. And you don't realize this is a completely different game at this level. The IQ is totally different. The speed of the game is totally different. So I think instead of like letting that like tear me down my freshman year, I was like, it did for a minute. I will say that I was like, this is an opportunity for a year of growth for me to build. And I realized like, it's about fulfilling your role. If I was going to be the bullpen catcher, I was going to be the best bullpen catcher that the world had ever seen. But I was taking those as opportunities to get better too. I never missed an opportunity to hit extra. I never missed an opportunity to catch a bullpen. I watched everything that everyone did. My coaches who we played, my teammates, I was watching every the way they warmed up, the way they filled the ground balls, the way they hit, the way they took pitches. I was going to be a sponge. I was going to learn. Um, and I think that was a big where I jumped for me. Like I, I had absorbed so much knowledge and I was like, I really understand the type of player I am. Um, and that's who I'm going to be. I also will say my sophomore year, I'm a very small girl. I can't tell we're on a podcast, but I'm about five to even with shoes on and I'm very small. So um, I've never been a huge home run hitter. I see that a lot now in college softball, you're either a home run hitter or slapper. Um, I'm in that weird in between. I'm quick. I fulfill my role to the best that I could. I, I bunt well. Um, I put the ball in play well. I do well. O2 count. I'm going to battle. So I'm, I'm a scrappy player. I'm going to get on the bases and make something happen. And I think that you have to know yourself as a player because now I see so many people that are like, oh, I have to be this big home run hitter. You don't to be successful in this game that you don't. If you know your role and you know who you're supposed to be for your teammates, I think that you can be whoever you want to be and be success successful. And, and I also would say I was always ready. Freshman year, I got a few opportunities here and there. Um, I'm so thankful for my coaches for putting me in that position because it was the most humbling experience of my life. But I grew so much that I didn't even realize back then that I was growing. And my sophomore year, I came in with so much confidence because I had failed. And I was like, I'm not going to be this person again. I'm ready to come back and I'm ready to work as hard as I can. My sophomore year, I was so confident. I came out there just smiling. I was like, I'm a whole different kid than I was. So I think that recognizing like every opportunity is an opportunity to grow. Um, and you can't be ready for an opportunity and take advantage of an opportunity that you aren't prepared for. So, um, you know, I think that a lot of people get to college and they're like, well, I'm not playing. So I'm gonna just ride this year out and move on. But I take so much pride in being a Panther. I love Georgia State. I love my team, my coaches as family, my teammates are my best friends. Uh, I love what this school represents. I love that it's different. I love being the underdog. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think that the transfer portal, I think that is very valid in so many ways. But for me, it's also hard to understand because they would have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming. In, in my worst days, I would not walk away from the school because I knew what it meant to have pride in what I'm playing for here. Mic drop. Like, I have no follow-up to that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So what did you do through your recruiting process and throughout high school to end up at what truly seems to be the absolute perfect fit for you? 
recruiting story is a little it's it's crazy but um this is how I know I was meant to be at Georgia State through my high school years it was kind of an awkward time in softball that's when the recruiting rule changed to the junior year and also COVID was a big thing um a lot of people had really bad experiences about with that I I know but um so my freshman year of high school I was on my way to Georgia State I'd been heavily recruited by them all throughout middle school and I was on the way I got about halfway somewhere in the middle of nowhere Tennessee and they called us and they were like they just passed the rule that you have to wait till your junior year now you have to go home and I was halfway there I was in the middle of nowhere Tennessee and um my dad was like it's okay like everything will work out so fast forward junior year hits after like a month I'm already on my visit back to Georgia State um and I come to my to talk about my scholarship in the meeting room and they're like this is the same picture, the same scholarship we drew up for you three years ago. We knew we we've always known. And this is where you're supposed to be. And I was like, wow, like what a full circle moment. Like that's just God right there. Like that was like I was like, it makes too much sense. And also everyone I know in softball, they're like, you just know when you get to the place you're supposed to be, you just know. And I just knew. Um, and I'll also say I really wanted to go to Georgia State because, like I said, I'm from a really small town and making it to Atlanta felt like making it to Hollywood for me. I always thought that I was made to just be this like incredible person. And I was like, I just have to I get in front of the right people, get the right opportunities because I'm going to work hard. And I was like, if I get to Atlanta, I'm going to be everything I want to be. So when Georgia State offered me, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get out of college and I'm just going to explode. Like I'm going to do everything that I've ever wanted because I'm right in a place where doing what you want is like the normal here it's the culture it's a strong hustle culture and that's everything that I am so I was like I gotta get to Atlanta but um I will say getting recruited to Georgia State I was always a scrappy kid as I am in college I was in travel ball um I worked really hard um when I was getting recruited they were like that's the kid that's gonna run through a wall for this program and I would do it in a heartbeat to this day but I was again never a big home run hitter um I hit well I don't I'm not the biggest girl hitting all these home runs. So I think that at a young age, though, I knew who I was. Um, and I knew that I'm going to I'm going to be quick. I'm going to work harder than anybody else. I'm going to play harder than anybody else. I'm going to be the dirtiest kid leaving the field. Um, I'm going to be the loudest kid. I was a great leader. And I think that was one of the main things that got me recruited. It was I was going to be a great teammate and everyone was always going to know what was going on because I was going to tell them. And I think that coaches see that and they see that, you know, you're an athlete, you're a hard worker, you you have grit, you grind, you're a leader, you know, you love the people around you and you respect the game. I think that they see that and all they see is potential. Um, when I got recruited, they were like, you're just completely raw talent. We see potential, but it's raw. So you're going to have to get here and you're going to have to put in the work. And I was like, I'm more than willing coach, like just get me there and I'm going to do everything that I have to do to be whoever you want me to be. So I would, I, if I had any advice to someone getting recruited in high school, I would say, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, work on the weaknesses, but really expose your strengths to play to those strengths. Um, and always do the little things because coaches love, 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 love that. Um, and that was a big part of it for me where I was lacking I would never miss a little thing. Absolutely. And I chat with so many of my college coach friends on literally exactly that of, you know, I can teach you how to adjust your swing. I can get you in the weight room and make you stronger, but 
by the time you're 18 years old, it's hard to make kids a better human. And when you do those little things and when you're a good teammate and you do all of the off the field things right, that's earning you more on the field opportunities. My coach said the other day, she was like, you know, some people give it their all every single time they're out there and some don't. And that's not something you can teach. That's not something you can coach. That's something you have within within you. Um, and that's something I look for when I'm recruiting is what she said that, you know, those kids that that are going to do whatever it takes. So be that kid. I think that that's something you develop as a young kid. And that's something I always was. And I think my parents instilled that in me when I was young and it's translated to every part of my life. But I think that's a huge thing for coaches too to see, see that kid that's so dedicated to the game that there's nothing they're not willing to do. Absolutely. And I think so much of that comes to from getting outside of your comfort zone, right? And leaving home a little bit more. And I talk with our high school parents a lot about like, hey, I really push kids to go at least an hour from home. And I prefer them to go a little bit further so that they can really figure those things out for themselves and figure out who they are outside of their family unit. And, you know, you're probably a completely different person and way more at home in Atlanta than you are at home home right now. Oh, yes, I am. And um, I know a lot of people, it's it's different for everybody, but I, my parents, they moved away super young. A lot of people in my family did that. And that was just kind of like normal. My family, like, you do what you want to do, go chase it. And we'll be here when you're ready to come back or we'll support you in everything that you do. And that was how I was raised. And I would say it's the best thing that ever happened to me was leaving and not looking back. I would say I'm super mature just in all ways of life. And I love my parents and I love our relationship and I love the way they've let me grow. Um, I feel like if, if softball ended tomorrow, I'd be ready to walk into the world the next day and I would be perfectly fine. Um, and my, my parents were very supportive, but they also made me that way. I'm very thankful for that. And I would definitely say, if you are someone that's scared to go a little bit more than an hour away, it will be hard for that first month. And then you will like, be like, wow, like this is a whole new world. Um, I'm ready. And you will grow so much. I wouldn't even recognize myself if I saw who I was before I came here. So that first month where you were like, okay, this is what I wanted. I got far away from home. I figured it out. Like now what, who were the people that you relied on, on those days where you were struggling a little bit and were kind of like, ah, is this really the right place? Or, you know, whatever that feeling was. I would say you get to college and you're like, I'm a college athlete. Now my life is softball. That's all it is. That's all it will ever be. Um, and that is a great way to not be very successful. <laughs> um, I, that's who I was. I got here and I'm like, all I'm going to eat, sleep and breathe softball. I'm not going to have friends. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to go to the field, come home, watch my film, go to bed, do it again. So I did that for like a, a two weeks and I'm like, gosh, like, this is really hard. <laughs> I'm really lonely. Like, what is happening? And I'm not being as successful as I should be as hard as I'm working. Then I grew a really strong relationship with my uh, roommates. I lived with three of my teammates, and we became the best friends in the world. Say, that freshman year is going to be hard. You're going to go through some of the hardest moments in your life and some of the best. And you have to have a solid foundation around you because you do not want to celebrate those wins alone, but you do not want to be alone in the dorm um, when you're suffering your freshman year because it gets so hard. And that's something that, you know, you, you're proud about. You want to hide it. And I think that learning how to be a friend and learning 
to let people be a friend of me was when I, it really clicked. Like I can be so much more successful this way. And I also had some older teammates back then that I really looked up to. Um, I felt really seen by them. They, they were very kind. And now that I'm an upperclassman, I've really been trying to model that too, because I remember how much influence that had on me as a freshman, just even like the seniors that played, if they just even acknowledged, like, thanks for getting the bucket. I was like, yes. So I'm like, I try so hard now as an upperclassman. It's one of my goals this year to be just the best teammate I can be, especially to the younger kids, because I know that um, that year can be lonely and it's, and it's hard. And, you know, you think you're going to come in and be this superstar and some people are, um, but some people you got to do the time and you got to trust the process. And I want to be there for the kids that have to trust the process. Cause that was definitely me and support them because it is very hard. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's hard regardless of who you are, what level you play, where you're at, because no matter how much we prepare you guys in the travel ball world and college planning and all of that, you don't know what it's like until you get there. It is not at all what you think it's going to be like. It is not even close in the best way, though. In the very best way, it's not even close. Like, I was, like I said, so shy in high school. I was like, oh, I don't really care about college. I'm here to play softball. But um, you, you're, the classes, like the classes are not that hard, but the workload, it's a lot. And um, you're not really used to that. Um, you're not used to having to shuffle around all day long. Like sometimes I'll look at my schedule and I'm like, I won't be home for 12 hours today. Um, what am I going to eat today? <laughs> so little stuff like that, that you didn't really think about before. Like, that's what really, like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's three o'clock. I haven't ate any food. I'm starving. I feel terrible. Um, so learning how to take care of myself was a huge thing too. And I was very mature in high school, but this is just a whole nother level being an athlete. Um, there's so many responsibilities. And on top of that, you know, getting involved with extracurriculars, thinking about other things, um, jobs, that kind of thing, um, which is the reality for a lot of people. I think that it's very challenging. The time management piece, I remember being in high school and you asked like the older girls at camps at the colleges, like, what is like the most important thing? They always said time management. It's like, how hard could it be to write in a planner? Oh my gosh, I got here and I'm like, wow time management they weren't lying and it takes you about I would say a semester to really get the hang of you know study hall hours all these things um you don't even know you have to do too like I got here and there were like eight hours of study hall for everybody a week and we're all like when are we supposed to do that 10 o'clock at night yep <laughs> and that's when these things are getting done and that's when you really bond with your teammates though is when you're having to do study hall at 10 o'clock at night and you got an 8 a.m practice the next day and you're just in it together, but you're having the best time and you don't even realize um, all that you're doing because you're just, you're really just enjoying life. And I think that's one thing I've been very grateful for is I've really been in the moment since I've been here and I can look back at the tiniest things, like just being in study hall my freshman year. And it just makes my heart just so happy that I got to experience those kind of things, something as little as that before college, you're like, Oh, you're going to hit your home run. First home run is going to be the best day of your life. And really, I think about my favorite moments since I've been here, like riding the bus or sitting together after a loss in the hotel. Like those are the memories I'll never forget. The home runs, the hits and all that, like they're great. In the moment, it's awesome. But you you remember, you know, those nights where you're like, dang, 
this is this is I'm just happy and I can't stop smiling it hurts <laughs> which is absolutely awesome and you know I talk to my high school athletes all the time and I'm like guys I want you to go somewhere that 30 years after graduation you're still bragging about and you want to take your kids back for alumni day and like I want you guys to love your experience so much that you don't shut up about it <laughs> and I feel so bad though because in I feel like the sports world right now many people are not getting that experience like and you and my dad his dad they co he coached college football his whole life and he I just talked to him about how culture has changed those sports societies changed I go to the bookstore and I see like little onesies for Georgia State and I'm like my kid will have that one day um but so many people I just feel like the pride in your university has kind of left and I, I feel sorry for that because you play different when you're playing for something bigger first Christ, obviously, but also for you're representing a whole university. Every time I wear Georgia State out to the even publics, I'm like, Georgia State, like, I, I'm proud I go here. I'm proud I play here. Um, and I think that it's made me a better athlete because of it. Um, every moment I'm in the weight room, I'm like, I'm getting after it today. And I'm, I'm going to give it about I'm going to go until I can't anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with I'm just proud. I go to the Sunbelt SAC meetings with other athletes from other schools and I'm just like Georgia State we do it all over there and they're like okay we get it like but I'm like no I really do love my school and I hope that everyone finds that spot where they can be like yeah I'm never going to stop talking about this place and there's a lot that goes into that I would say that you know in the recruiting process a lot of people are so caught up in a name money, that kind of thing. And that's how they base their decision off of. But I would say you've got to think so much deeper than that. This four years is an investment into the rest of your life professionally, but also as a person. Um, and you want to come out the other end, you know, the best person that you can ever be. And I know I'm going to leave here after four years of investing in myself, not only prepared for the work world, but I'll be ready to be, you know, a wife, a teammate, a coach, uh, a coworker, I know that I'll succeed in all those positions because what I've gotten to do these four years here. Absolutely. And that is the goal, right? Because as much as I would love to sit here and say, there's an amazing spot for us to play professional softball and grow. And for us, the reality is softball is an avenue to get where we want to be in life. Yeah. And I think that that's where we differ from men is, you know, I, I talk to my guy friends at Georgia state and they're all like, yeah, NFL, like MLB, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's very different for women. There is professional softball, but it's pretty small right now, relatively. And I think that a lot of us here are, we're ready for the next step in, in life. And we love the game, but we're ready to also, you know, go out there and explore our other passions. And I think that that's a really cool difference between men and women, though, is that you talk to all of them and in the back of their mind, it will always be playing professionally is what they're dreaming of. You come to a female team, you've got lawyers, doctors, artists, um, people that want to be a, just a great mom. And I think that it's crazy to to get to know all my teammates. And I've seen so many graduate now that I'm getting older. And I'm like, gosh, like people are really succeeding in life. They're going overseas, their parents now. And I'm just like, it's so crazy to see all these women like succeed in so many different avenues. And I really take a lot of pride in that as a female athlete, how how we all figure it out and we all grow and we all are, you know, taking over the world a little bit at a time. Absolutely. And I feel like we could talk about this forever. Oh my gosh. But 
last advice, you know, for the athletes kind of figuring it all out and trying to make the most out of their last few years of college athletics and figuring out kind of post-grad? I would say um, the two things for, I would say, is um, be where your feet are. Enjoy the moment. It goes so fast. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, gosh, I'm 20 now. What does that even mean? Um, and I think that it goes beyond fast and you just have to enjoy it. The littlest moments, um, the smiles you get walking down the hallway of the facilities, like little things like that. They're not forever. Um, taking ground balls at practice with your best friends, just yelling at each other, just happy as can be. The, those things do not last forever. Um, and it is very painfully true. And the older I get, the more I realize like th this is now, this is not in two years, this is over. So I would say enjoy every single piece of it, but also say, you know, love and respect yourself. I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I feel like, you know, as female athletes, we're so everyone wants to compare us. Everybody wants to judge us and critique us. And I think that we're all so beautiful. And I think the amazing thing about being a female athlete is you look at a football team, they all look the same and you can guess what position they play. You look at a female athlete, you can't tell because there's so much diversity in our sport. Female sports in general, I think that's a beautiful thing. So love and respect yourself, take care of yourself and know that you're beautiful in every single way. Um, and what you have is a gift and to use it to the best of your ability because so many people in this world could never do what we're getting to do. And millions of women came before us to fight for the privilege that we get to have every single day, so. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and your crazy schedule. And we cannot wait to follow along with you this spring and as you do these amazing things. Yes. Thank you so much. If you are not super pumped to go find your perfect fit after that podcast with JC, I'm not really sure what's going to get you excited, but I love that she found her absolute perfect fit and is just absolutely thriving there now as an upperclassman. And so much of finding that perfect fit starts with the way you communicate with coaches and emails. And we've been getting so many questions lately from you guys on how to connect with coaches, how to send emails, all of that. So our group call this month is going over everything you can think of when it comes to emails, whether it's what to email at what time of year, how often to email, what to say in them, anything you can think of. And if you're a family that's really struggling with that, I would love to see you jump on with us on February 19th at seven o'clock Eastern. I've dropped the link to sign up in the show notes and I hope to see you there.